0: You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. I don't know about you, but I'm having a really hard time thinking about the fact that we are already in the fourth quarter of 2020. I know it hasn't been the greatest year, but still... It's crazy to think that we are in the final quarter already. I've been thinking a lot about just reminiscing and thinking about growing up and stuff, especially cuz I have my first granddaughter now and just thinking about like what's it like for this next generation to grow up. I grew up post Vietnam War, which wasn't really like growing up in the depression. But my parents are boomers who were raised by parents that grew up in the Depression. And so they knew how to save money. They still know how to save money. One of my mom's favorite lines when we were kids was, we can't afford that. And she was right. But I resented that phrase as a child. I've been thinking about like all the things that we did or didn't do for our kids when they were growing up. And I know I used that line on them. I know there were times when I said, we can't afford that. And I was right whenever I said that. We didn't have the money. But when my mom would say that, sometimes to me, it just felt as if she may as well said, we're dirt poor and you're going to have to learn to like it. But I didn't like it. I wanted to be able to walk into JCPenney and buy a 6X Geranimals pink and yellow outfit off the rack like all the other little girls in my class did. I know it sounds a little weird. Granimals, if you grew up, you know they were matchy matchy, and there's little animals and you put your outfits together. Back then, I didn't know what the X stood for, but now that I'm older, and I think back to how my little body was somewhat sturdy, I suspect the X was for extra generously cut in the seat and the waist, but I'm not really even sure what that meant, but I had a 6X. So back then, I didn't care. I didn't care what the size was as long as it had granules on the tag. If it had that, I wanted it. Now, my mom sewed. A lot of my clothing growing up. She'd get a pattern at the fabric store and We would pick out fabric and bring it home and then she would sew me stuff. And she did like my pajamas and dresses for occasions and matchy-matchy outfits for me and my brother, all that kind of stuff. Now it's fashionable to sew one's own clothing because fabric costs as much as caviar. But in the 1970s and 80s, it meant you were poor. It meant that your mom sewed your clothes because she could get fabric for a dollar a yard and she could make matching outfits for you and all your siblings out of that fabric. I remember pleading with my mom, can I just have a store-bought dress? And then she would say, we can't afford it. Little did I know that someday I would look back at all the darling little things she made for me and remember the hours that she spent hunched over a sewing machine and I would appreciate all of it, but I didn't appreciate it then. I had some store-bought outfits, especially for the first day of school, I loved having a brand new pair of jeans. They were so stiff, and they we didn't pre-wash them, so they would turn my legs blue by the end of the day. If you remember that first day of school, new jeans smell. Then later, like probably about the time I was in college, this is totally dating me here, but... Like in the late 80s when I was in college, then it was like cool to have stonewashed jeans. So if you bought new jeans, you washed and washed and washed them to try to get them to look like that. But back when I was in like early years of school, that new crisp jeans with the cuffs rolled at the bottom on the first day of school was just the in thing. Now, in our family, we shopped a lot at Kmart and JCPenney, but especially Kmart because they had blue light specials. And my mom would go in, and I don't know if you remember back to the Kmart days. Again, those of us that are in our 40s and 50s know this really well. You go in, and the the music's playing. You know, Debbie Boone is singing You Let It, My Life on the over... And then all of a sudden, there's an interruption on the music. And somebody comes in on a loudspeaker. You know, the, the big whine of the loudspeaker. And then there's um a blue light special on aisle six. So moms would race off to aisle six to find out what was on the blue light special. I wrote in my book, and this chapter is inspired by a chapter in my book, that I think blue light specials were designed to keep housewives fit and children cranky. My brother and I would follow my mom around, and we'd duck in and out of the clothing racks and pick up little things off the floor and tuck them in our pockets. And then that loudspeaker would go, and suddenly the PA system sends all the moms over to aisle six mothers everywhere raced for that aisle and they didn't have to jog for exercise because they shopped at Kmart. If children came with rubber arms, they might be better equipped for following these moms who yanked them by the hand off for aisle six. And then we'd get there and inevitably that blue light special would turn out to be the world's most hideous set of olive green and orange plaid curtains. But the sales associate was waiting right there with that flashing blue light and those moms had to have it even if they didn't need it because the sales associate had that little clicker sticker thing. I don't know what it was, but it went like chuck 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 and they would like tag it so you go up to the checkout and you have this special price on only this thing now you're probably wondering where I'm going here with this I'm talking a little bit about growing up in what I perceive now as being poor but I'm going to talk a little bit about why that's not underprivileged so let's talk about how we repurpose our circumstances and even our perception of the past I've realized over the years that I could whine about growing up as an underprivileged farm kid, or I could see the blessings that I received from the frugal experiences of my mom and my grandmother and other people that I knew. My husband grew up with his mom being a lot like my mom with just being able to scout out a bargain. I could feel terrible about the fact that in the next generation, I didn't have a lot to work with either because we chose for me to stay home with the kids for quite a few years. So the only name brand clothing my boys have ever owned was mined from heaps of ratty jeans and t-shirts on someone's makeshift sawhorse table at a garage sale, or I combed through rack after rack at the Goodwill store. But some of the most precious memories that my boys have of their grandma is things that are related to how she saved money. Like they sat in the middle of the living room floor with coupons and she they were like leaf piles. Like she would give them giant piles and they'd snip, snip, snip and cut out all her coupons and they'd have all these scraps around them. They'd watch movies while they did that and then she'd go to the store and double, triple coupon and all that stuff. Before there was even a TV show about extreme couponing, she was doing it. And I think there are times when I look back and I think, oh, raising our kids... It would have been a blast for me to be able to just take my plastic credit card down to the travel agency and slap it on the counter and say, we want an all-expense-paid trip to Orlando or something like that. But we never did. We never took our kids to Disney what we did do was we went on a lot of state park camping trips where we spent maybe $35 to get that campsite for three or four days, and then we would hike and we'd cook our own food, and we had so much fun with that. And it really taught my kids in the next generation, too, that money is not what brings us happiness. It's the togetherness that we have there. So the woman of a repurposed life realizes that God's purpose never changes, and it's our perspective on his purpose that does change. Instead of wishing for what we can't have and mourning for what we never had, we can find satisfaction in what we do have because it's exactly what God intended us to have. God repurposes our intentions when we seek him with his plan in mind and not our own plan in mind. I know that at least one listener to the show had planned on having a family but God has so far had other plans. Maybe there's someone else out there who planned to get married by the age of 25, but at 40-something, she's never even had a steady boyfriend. Or someone intended to celebrate her 50th wedding anniversary with the love of her life someday, but his years were cut short by a car accident before their 15th anniversary. You know the stories. You know that when we have our plans in our mind, they don't always go that way. And sometimes the blessings aren't always where we expect them to be. Sometimes they're imperceptible at first. Other times they're so clear they nearly smack us on the forehead. But like finding the best treasure at a garage sale table, when we discover God's blessings in the middle of a lot of junk, the thrill sends a hefty dose of joy right to the heart. I remember loving it when I could find the thing that one of my kids was longing for, and I'd find it at a garage sale practically new, and be able to bring it home to them. It didn't matter that it didn't come in the original box or that it didn't come with a a return receipt. They wanted it badly. And so there it was, this beautiful thing that I found in an unexpected place. The moments when God shows up in an unexpected place are when we can clearly see his purpose in the midst of hardship. And it's not like we start looking for, like, God, what is your purpose in the middle of everything? But we become more aware of it. It's not like every single hardship we go through has to have a purpose behind it, but there is something that God changes in us and works through us when we come through it. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is to trust that you can't always see what God's up to, but we can trust that he will deliver what's best for us. Even if it wasn't what we thought was best for us, he will deliver what's best for us in the end. And That's not to trivialize any hardship that anybody is going through because what God's best plan is doesn't always feel like that to us in the middle of it. So we can be empathetic with one another and know that we walk together through what isn't always an easy life. But together we hold out hope and together we rely on God and one another for the support that we we really need. So that's my message to you today is to rely on God, rely on one another, and just look for the joy that's there in the middle of those hard things. Stay tuned as we talk about a resource to wrap up. If you have enjoyed this short episode, you'll find the content of this and more in chapter 10 of my book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life When God Turns Trash to Treasure. I'll have a link to that book at slash 61, and you'll find some show notes there and a link to that book. When I wrote that book, my kids were quite small, and now they're grown men and they're married, and one even has his own child. And, um, yet we're still looking back at some of the experiences we've gone through and we're looking forward at the ones that are to come. And we know that God has his hand in it. So I want to leave you with a question today as you think about that life repurposed. What hardship are you going through right now that feels as if there isn't any hope? I want to encourage you to keep trusting that God is there and that he has your best in mind And if you'd like to reach out and you want to share that with me and have somebody pray with you, you can find me on all kinds of social media networks on my website at michellerayburn.com. You'll find it right there in the show notes on michellerayburn.com slash 61. So thanks for listening today and laughing along with me about a blue light special. If that's one of your experiences, I'd also love to hear that. Just to know that, yes, you grew up in the same time I did with those Kmart specials. So have a great day, and I will see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.